There's got to be something I haven't tried, huh? Hey, hey, what's this? Fugu. It is uh, bluefish, uh, but I should warn you that one... Come on, pal. Fugu me! Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we are reviewing, it's very difficult to pronounce, One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. I always say Bluefish. Say that fast three times. One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Nailed it. Done that very well. Congratulations. There's a little, (laughs) can we get some applause for Dando? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank, thank, you, thank you, everybody. Where they come from? Live studio audience. Get here. out, get out. <laughs> you don't belong here. Get out of here, audience. You are not worthy. We don't need you. <laughs> so, as we said, one fish, two fish, blowfish, blue fish. What were your first thoughts of this episode before we I was watched it? Really looking forward to going back and watching this one. Uh, I feel like I say that a lot, but this was another one that I had on VHS when I was a kid. And there are so many quotes, and I'll cover them off, that I've always kept with me throughout life. Like... Someone has asked this through the week, and uh, this isn't like a question yet. We'll we'll save this for later on. But it's one of those: what Simpsons quotes do you find yourself using? And there are so many in this episode that have just always stuck with me. Speaking of VHS, what is on the floor here? An entire VHS collection is like I know you put a photo up of this, but there is more tape here. Like there is so much nitrate <laughs> in this room that I'm afraid uh, to so much as start a spark because this whole thing could go up. Inglorious Bastard style. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much film stock in here. I just can't bring myself to throw them out, man. I know they're worth nothing. They're worth zero. Nothing at all. Do you even have... Oh, you do have a VHS player. Yes, but I would never watch them. I just I just can't part with them because they brought me so many hours of good memories. No, that's fair. It's, uh, the, the sentimental value. Mum didn't need to hire a babysitter. She just left me with these tapes. Did you ever have a TV in your bedroom when you were a kid? Uh, I got my first TV in my bedroom when I was probably, I'm just trying to think back very quickly, I, not a kid, no, probably 15, 16. Okay, well, I was pretty young. I used to sleep in my bedroom with South Park, so when was South Park a big deal, like 98, 97-ish? Uh, yeah, when it first started to, anyway. Yeah. But I used to go to sleep with The Simpsons on. I couldn't go to sleep unless there was a Simpsons tape playing. That's how much of an obsessed fan I was when I was a kid. I know it makes me a bit weird. Does it make me a bit weird? Um, it doesn't make you weird, but do you still have to sort of have it off in the background as white noise now for you to fall asleep? No, but I can't sleep with the TV on anymore because when I met Nicola, Nicola couldn't sleep with the TV on. So I've trained myself to listen to podcasts instead. Okay. I, I don't really sleep well with noise at all. Like to the point of if really? there are people in my house, yeah, I'm terrible at it. Like if I'm watching a movie, it helps that I'm typically the one that's up late watching TV, but Ash can fall asleep while I'm doing that. Whereas if it's me... If I'm trying to fall asleep and there are other people up the other end of the house and it's for me so much as every minute you just hear this, and then I said, and then like you don't hear any, <laughs> yeah, anything else in the conversation. Mabel and he said. Yeah, and, but like that's enough for me. Just that much noise. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, guys, can you please shut up? Um, I can't do it. I really struggle to sleep. I can't sleep unless there's noise. I'm the complete okay. opposite. I think and I blame these tapes. Yeah, that's the tape's fault. They used to talk me to sleep. That's the thing. I had no TV. I'm used to silence. Yeah. (laughs) So, what did you do on the weekend, man, before we get into the review today? Uh, What did I do? Well, Well, you're losing your wife soon for another three weeks. I am losing my wife soon. She's off to South Africa. (laughs) 
Uh, I've asked her to increase her life insurance before she goes away. I think and that's, that's not a fair. joke. He legit has. I well, you know, you can never be too careful. She's going to a dangerous country. Let's be honest. And you know, she's a few episodes behind. So I reckon she'd be maybe about an hour away from touchdown while listening to this, possibly on a plane that's already been hijacked. I don't know. <laughs> so, Bub, um, good luck while you're over there. I do hope to see you again soon. But just in case I don't, I do have the signed documents on my bench. And you've asked her to take her wedding ring off before she goes. <laughs> well, that was, you know, I've all I know about South Africa, I've learned from cricket, Blood Diamond, and <laughs> District 9. So District 9. <laughs> so, or Chappie. Uh, I haven't seen Chappie yet, actually. Don't watch it, you'll cry. Yeah. I cried. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, I just don't really want her walking around with a big stone on her ring because you know it's just stone on her ring. Oh yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the diamond, not her other ring. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want the RUF pulling up and you know just I just picture her like in lockup, basically screaming, "Where is the diamond? Show me the diamond!" <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Well, I went to Sydney, and as you are full aware, I went to Will Anderson. Yes, my first ever Will Anderson experience. I've never even seen anything he's ever done before. That's all right. He's only been Australia's premier comic for the last 20 years. <laughs> when would you have found the time? I never realised he'd been doing it for 20 years. Cause he, oh, he said 17 or 18 yeah, years. Yeah, roughly that. I didn't. I thought he was like maybe five, six years tops. No. No, he's been around a really long time. And he sneaks. I don't know whether because he knew I was there. But he sneaks in a lot of Simpsons references into his show. Yeah. One, one of them, which I tweeted, and what did he do? He retweeted. Retweeted. It was awesome. If you're listening now, by the way, and you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, what is it, Mitch? At Four Finger Pod. Yeah, you've been a bit slack lately. You haven't been posting too much on the Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I have been. I, I do apologize. I'm in... Um I've gone into shutdown mode. I posted about the Mets uh, in Syndergaard We Trust, and then the Mets lost, and I just got a little bit sheepish after it. So, we'll, I'll get back. I will fire up the Twitter engine again, but I'm just easing my way into it a little bit. At Four Finger Pod. Also, Facebook, which is going crazy at the moment. Over 15,000 likes now, so thanks to everybody that's liked us on Facebook. If you haven't yet, please do so. Facebook.com slash Four Finger Discount. But now go like us on Twitter, please, because what it is, having like so many likes on one form of social media and about 40 on Twitter, you know those people that have got like one mangled hand? Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what our social media profile is right now. Because that's what we use to contact the people that work on the show. Yeah. They, they see like 100 followers. They're like, who do these guys think they are? Yeah, exactly. Al Jean reads that. He's like, 100 followers. I'm not reading your shit. Yeah, exactly. Just a form response for those people will do. I do like the fact that Al Jean wrote back to us, though. He did. He was politely declining uh, our offer to pitch a Halloween episode. That's his way of saying, I'm actually going to read it. This is my way of being able now to use it. Now you can't sue me. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I was going to suggest to him that he could just hire us, read it, and then fire us. I'd be cool with that. Just to know that he read it. If you guys listening haven't read Mitch's uh, proposal, what was it? It was a proposal for Treehouse of Horror episodes, wasn't I've it? Pitched, yeah, it was a pitch for three segments that I would like to see in the next Treehouse of Horror. So, we had one that was uh, a parody of Jurassic Park, one that was a kind of parody of Dawn of the Dead slash Shaun of the Dead zombie stuff in general, and then the third one was a parody of a very obscure Twilight Zone episode and a little bit of the Truman Show mixed in there. I really, really liked the third one and Jurassic Park. Yeah. I was watching it thinking, this would be fucking great. Like, without spoiling too much, in the zombie one, Mitch wrote, <laughs> Dr. Nick walks in and goes, hi, every zombie. That was the crowning moment. That's classic. <laughs> that is <laughs> classic Simpsons. That would get on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Jurassic Park Homer clone spider pig, the spider pig piglets grow up to be evil. And I thought it was going to become a Gremlins reference when it started spawning. Yeah, no, no, I was definitely sticking down. I just needed an excuse to be able to get three evil spider pigs <laughs> to become the Velociraptors. Uh, star- guest starring Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yeah, so that's already good. <laughs> and then the final one, what was it? Bob's uh, Burgers. The family oh, yeah, realised it was a TV show. 
Yeah, the family, um, every, they become aware that uh, Fox are going to drop the TV show and they fight for their right to stay on the air, but then that means that Fox are going to drop Bob's, Bur- Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> which everyone is a big fan of on the, in The Simpsons. Everyone yeah. in Springfield loves Bob's Burgers, so they want to now keep them on the air. Check it out, uh, yeah. torrentthis.tv. Plenty of other articles probably, from Mitch on there as well. Probably some of my best writing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's and, really and good. I, you know, that sounds arrogant to say that, but I don't really rate what I say or write all that highly. But I looked at this and went, you know what, that's... All three of those could feasibly become on TV. Well, it's been read over 40,000 times, so it must be pretty good. There you go. Now, let's get into our review of... Let me get it. I've got to get it. All right. One fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. You screwed that up. I think you said two bish. One fish, two bish. (laughs) (laughs) One fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. Was that right? That was correct. Okay, then. You were looking forward to this episode going into it. All I could remember, really, was the closing scene, how just heart-wrenching it was. Look, yeah. I remember going back when I first watched it, I knew he obviously doesn't die because I was catching up by that point because I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when they were yep. at that, in that era. But still, man, even though you know he's going to survive, you're like, man, like when Marge finds him and stuff. Yeah. We'll, but um, we'll, we'll get into it, though, but you know. The other thing that I really noticed going back through this is I'm surprised I watched this so much as a kid because they're, it, it's almost... 98 it, it, it's it's almost entirely pitched at adults this episode there's, there's yeah. very few childish jokes in here and a lot of stuff that I didn't understand like oh, we'll cover it when we go along but there are a lot of jokes here that only truly made sense to me when I was older yes so the original air date was January 24th 1991 the chalkboard gag was I will not cut corners followed by ditto marks yes. which I thought was really funny yeah like that's that's probably the cleverest chalkboard gag they've had so far. I would De- say definitely now it seems like a lot of the chalk gags they're probably about topical references at the time. Yeah, but obscure topical references, so it's hard to pick up on what some of them mean now. Whereas that one obviously is timeless. And that's that, like you said, that's something as a kid that would have went straight over my head. Yeah, because I never used ditto marks until I was at least in high school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the couch gag was that the couch falls over and then Maggie reappears. So Act One, starting off, it's another episode that began with Homer waiting for Marge to cook food like, mm. with high enthusiasm. Yeah, and what was it that she was cooking, Dando? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. He was watching the microwave. When you're watching something cook in the microwave, it seems like it's taking so long. Yeah, especially that last same. thirty seconds. I do enjoy watching the oven when there's a roast pork in there. Get my face <laughs> right pork. up and watch the crack- only pork because you watch the crackling start to start okay. to blister. But no, I, I got to say straight off the top, meatloaf. I'm not a fan. It's I've never liked meatloaf. Probably my least favorite way to eat meat. However, my most favorite way to listen to power ballads. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> I How long get that one stored? You up better for? not have edited the, the three second pause <laughs> that it took me <laughs> you to laugh at that. Oh, no, I'm thinking I I didn't get it for a second. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Right, show's over. We're finished. We're, we're peaked. It's just when you are cooking something in the microwave. I always do this. I want to know whether I'm on the only one. Mm. Do you always take it out like two or three seconds before it's finished? No, I don't like to second guess myself. <laughs> How much time you put it <laughs> exactly. on? Exactly. If I wanted it to go in for 28 seconds, I'd have put it in for 28 seconds. I never leave it to the ding. I always take it out like two seconds early, and then the person that uses it after me go, puts it in. They're like, <laughs> ding, cancel. <laughs> they always have to cancel. I do it at work all the That's time. That's the equivalent of hitting every button in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa's saying Thursday meatloaf night, as it was, is now, and ever shall be. Now, do you have a a specific night where you have the same food every week? We have risotto night on a Sunday. Okay. I haven't, not not formally, informally, Thursday night has become KFC night of late. Uh, that's mostly because I have cricket training and Ash plays netball. KFC is just on the way home and I'm generally not leaving cricket until about 8.30 and by that point I'm fairly hungry and it's just easy. Yep. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm fairly fluid with when I bring my foods in. Thursday night was always takeaway night when we were kids. I think it was because it was payday. Yep. 
But yeah, the, if, you, if you guys listening, if it's Sunday where you are, you know Dando's eating risotto. My parents weren't <laughs> big on that. They had Friday night fish and chip night. Uh, but just because no, it rhymed? Not rhymed, alliteration? Um, I think it was more just a way into the weekend. They'd sit down and watch the footy and or whatever movie happened to be on Friday night and grab some takeaway and it was just easy for them. Uh, I just like to go with the flow though. I don't like my eating habits dictated by arbitrary dates. Do you find you more likely to eat takeaway on the weekend? No, I'm more likely to eat takeaway whenever I happen to be in front of takeaway. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're eating meatloaf, and Lisa suggests, or she says to Homer... Well, you're always trying to teach me to be open-minded, try new things, live life... What are you talking about? Nobody's trying to teach you that. (laughs) Shut up, boy. That was a really Australian way to eat that as well. Yeah. It was one thing that I did laugh at that... Sauce on everything? Yeah, just covered, absolutely covered in it, and it's because meatloaf tastes like shit. And yeah. you need to cover it in <laughs> it condiments. Does. I've never been a huge tomato sauce man. Always been mustard. I prefer to have, uh, again, ketchup. I prefer to have it as a, like a smattering. I don't like it being <laughs> drenched, <laughs> but just enough. Just enough in the side, but I never want it to overpower a dish. It's annoying though when you go to the football and you get a bucket of chips and you're trying to put an even balance of condiment on so yeah. that the bottom gets some and the top, Yeah, but it always ends up with the top having too much. Yeah, you and should it- see my wife... Spread vinegar over chips. She's a genius at it. Really? I, I don't know how she does it. It's, it's like she does it in layers. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I don't. I'm not. See, I don't like vinegar on chips. Nicola loves it because she's English. Obviously, if you go to England and, and get fish and chips, you're getting vinegar unless you tell them not to put vinegar on it. Okay. It's like, and they don't have chicken salt. Like I've said in the podcast before, blows my mind. How do you guys in England eat chips with vinegar? And no chicken salt. What? I don't understand. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so Lisa suggests that they try sushi. Now this was back when. Sushi, I don't know whether it was in America, but in Australia, it wasn't like, you didn't have, um, what's the sushi place? High Sushi. High Sushi is a franchise. Japanese here. food wasn't that big in the early 90s. I don't remember it being. I, I don't know when I was a kid, but even when I was, say, 12, 13, I still don't remember Japanese food being a thing. It was like a once every couple of months kind of deal, maybe? Yeah, probably. It definitely didn't have as much mainstream acceptance that I remember back then. Part of that might have just been my age, though. I mean, maybe maybe it was around and we just weren't really paying attention to it. I don't think it was in food courts as predominantly, though. Like, it probably would have been there'd be Japanese restaurants, whereas now virtually every shopping center that you go to will have sushi in it and, and a couple of places that... You know, if anything, are probably the least trustworthy places to be going to get sushi from now that I think about it. Why is that? It's a shopping center. <laughs> They're not clean. <laughs> I think it's because today's generation, there are so many fitness fanatics out there that I'm assuming sushi has to be the healthiest of all the takeaways you can just about get. A lot of carbs, a lot of rice in there. Yeah, but if you're exercising, does that matter? No, I don't believe it does. Andy <laughs> Murray, I think, has something like 50 servings of sushi after a game of tennis. So what's one serving, one roll? Oh, yeah, I assume so. Like That's a lot of sushi. It's a, it is a lot of sushi. He covers a lot of ground, though, Muzz, <laughs> being, does, a, yes. being a baseline player. What are we talking about? <laughs> Lisa suggested sushi. So, obviously, Homer doesn't want to try it out, but she whines and whines. It's one of those, are we there yet? Is kind this of the first Please Dad, Please Dad? I think Please Dad, it, yeah, it And is. Homer just giving in to the relentless force of the children. How many kids do you think in the 90s watched The Simpsons and then tried that out? We have parents? the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you do it. It is like handing the blueprints to a nuclear bomb over to the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's how you do it. Yeah. So they try out the Happy Sumo, and it's the debut of Akira. Yeah, it played by George Takai. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know George Takai, fun fact, for a future episode, was originally meant to be the main character in the monorail episode? No, I did and not And he know turned that. it down because he was on some sort of uh, public transport committee or something, and he didn't want to make fun of monorails. So that's why they got Leonard Nimoy instead. That's why George Takai has always been my favorite Star Trek character. The man has principles. <laughs> 
think, yeah. Do you think this is one of the first time the Simpsons poke a jab at the Japanese? Uh, where they happen to go yeah, to the country, definitely. like yeah. the, the the greeting where they had them yelling. You'd love this part in particular. I thought it was pretty funny. I liked it more from Homer's kind of <laughs> trying to go along with it. it went, Hello, it's just so, so brash. Yeah, and then they go. They're getting escorted by the woman, and I like it. She goes, "This is our karaoke bar. Now it is empty, but soon it will be hopping with drunken Japanese businessmen." Yes, it will. Because we all know that they love karaoke. Love them. Who doesn't love karaoke? I love me some karaoke. And I have a a funny karaoke story, but it can wait just a moment. What's your karaoke song? Do you have a karaoke song? Uh, The last one that I did was at the Christmas, our our work Christmas breakup party. Yeah. Uh, I did two songs. Uh, This karaoke had a scoring system. Was that an encore or you had two planned? Uh, It was an encore. No, uh, no, I kind of wanted to get up. Oh, you just wouldn't get off stage. More, no, I did one, and then the night it was dragging on. I was like, I'll get up and do another one. I built up in confidence because the second one was Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, so that can go one of two difficulty ways. Difficulty level <laughs> ultimately high. Now I'm not a good singer at all, but I have performance skills, so I was able to get the entire restaurant singing along with me. Yep. Um, I do have video footage of it around somewhere, and maybe if we're lucky enough and if it's good enough quality, we can get this posted onto the page. Yep. But the first song I did, Will Smith, Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, did can't, not, go, can't go wrong. Didn't require to look at the screen, which a lot of people were very impressed by. 99%. Whatever. I've only done a couple of times karaoke. Black. Remember that, just in case we have a face-to-face make contact. Sorry. I remember I requested that at your wedding, just for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, Ash loves doing the breakdown bit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but my song is "Proud Mary" by Tina Turner. Okay, yeah, because I do the dance and I do the Lisa dance. You know when she does "Proud Mary"? Yeah, on stage? yeah, yeah. The, the legs, the kicking. Yep. I do all that. Everything. That's. I, I think it's what Tina Turner does. I'm not too sure. I just know. You just know it is what Lisa does. I just know it's what yeah. Lisa does. <laughs> She's a beauty queen. That's why I sang it. And yeah, I was performing, and I had women dancing with me, like old oh, women. But it was great. Yeah, nice. and th- and there's video of it, so if we can get that as well. we'll put that yeah, that'll be good. I think it's on my personal Facebook, so I'll fish it out somewhere. What I hate when you go to karaoke, the people that are really, really good, but not good enough to be in a band of their own. But yeah. they get up and they like, they take it so seriously, yeah. and they make me as a really shit singer go. Oh, I don't want to get up now because they were really good and the crowd's really into them. So I had a night where I went out in Melbourne with a mate to a karaoke bar, and we're like, "This is going to be brilliant." I was going to do something by Metallica. I didn't care what. I just as long as it was a Metallica song, I was going to give it my best. Anyone that has seen photos of me will understand why that's not. You know why that would be funny to see on stage. Just a dweeby guy in glasses busting out into Sandman. But no, everyone there was really talented and I went, no, I'm not going to do this. So we left. I uh, was a little bit drunk and a little bit sad. And then I came across a busker outside Hungry Jack's just with an acoustic guitar. Now, I should point out that I cannot play guitar at all. But I was able to convince him to give me the guitar, get him to turn my hand into a chord that I played over and over, <laughs> and then improvised a song about strangers. That uh, We were near Chinatown in Melbourne, so I called it the Chinatown Blues. And what happened? Was it great? Uh, it was brilliant. I got a dollar. <laughs> Someone gave a dollar to me. And it was literally just seeing, like, we had three, pe- four people walk past, three of them wearing baseball caps, one not. So, it was just along the lines of, like, got no hat in Chinatown. <laughs> Woman took my hat down in Chinatown. <laughs> so, you earned more than the busker. Yeah. Everything was about how... It, it was a comment on what they were doing and how it was because their woman had dragged them down. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. I went for five minutes. <laughs> Is that your karaoke story? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, getting back to the Simpsons family, I just love how you can just tell they're so out of their comfort zone. 
What would you recommend for a family that's not sure they should be here? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm still like that with Japanese as well. I always ask for suggestions. For me, it's one of the last cuisines that I haven't quite got a grasp on what everything is. Like, yeah, Chinese, I'm fine. Yeah. But Japanese is just, I'm not yeah, too sure. No, I, exactly. I look at a menu and I'm just like, mm, I, don't, I don't understand what it is. Some of it looks really good and then some of it's just like, I don't know, noodles in water. Do anyway. you just see chicken and go, I'll have that? Chicken or pork. <laughs> That's usually what I do. I'm big on katsudon. My family was so boring growing up. I mean, it was always like sausages and veggies. Or chicken Kiev and veggies. Yep. And then when I met Nicola, she's like, do you want to try Thai food? And I was like, what? Do you want to try Indian food? I'm like, what? I've, what? I'd never eaten any of it. But now, well, we used to live off the stuff, but I'm trying to eat a bit healthier now because I was getting to be a pudgy pig. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the Simpsons are clearly not, in, oh, they're not out of their comfort zone, but they're just not too sure. They're, they're still treading water with, the, with this Japanese food. Mm. And, Bart dives right in, though, I like. Oh, he doesn't it, care. This is another case of Bart <laughs> just ordering beyond his means. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as much as. Once the um, Homer's not out. Yeah, exactly. This one doesn't have a, a payoff of him getting green in the gills, but he's like, I care I'm a good man. I like two sharks, an octopus, and an eel. Very good. Do you have any giant squid, the kind that drags men to their deaths? Not today. And Homer's like, it's so hard to choose. They all look so terrible. Yeah. And then I'll have this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the chef's preparing, and this is where they introduce that you've got the master and the apprentice. Yes. And it's a sort of like a tease for what's going to come very, very soon. Yeah. Um, Shopping up an entire fish in midair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, fun fact, that they wanted, the writers wanted fluent Japanese, like proper Japanese for this episode. But like actual dialect. Okay. Yes. So they hired Japanese actors to translate it for them. Oh, okay. That's that's another good thing about The Simpsons. Everything they do, they put 100% effort into it. Yeah. There's no cop-outs. Um, so Homer tries it. I like the way he tries it. Holds his nose, closes his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> takes a swig of beer. Yes. And then he just keeps eating it. He loves it. And that's, yeah. what I, that's what I'm usually like when I'm trying new things. I'm so hesitant. I hate new things. I'm so hesitant to try it. Once I've eaten it, though, I'm like, this is absolutely fucking delicious. Yeah. And I'll keep eating it. When he's eating that sushi, though, there's a moment, and there's a few weird little animation issues in this episode. Is it that he keeps eating the food and yeah, doesn't go away? Yeah, the never-ending sushi that doesn't go away. I'm like, there's two things on his plate. He's eaten 20 things. Yeah. What is happening and here? And then, spoiler, spoiler alert, after Homer's eaten the poison fish, you also see the Japanese chef animated in a really strange fashion in the background with his arms waving around a little bit. Oh, I didn't see that. Some, some weird little areas that lacked a tad of polish. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. The waiter one. Anyway, so going back to the uh, the karaoke room, we have uh, Rich, Richie Sakai. Now his name is a play on the Richard Sakai, who was a producer of The Simpsons. Okay, yep. And he sings that. What is it? Gypsy Tramps and Thieves. Is that what he sings? Uh, yeah. And this is a good I- example in what happens in karaoke. It's classic where, karaoke. Like bar. it's this guy <laughs> that's just yeah. I'd like to dedicate this one to my wife, and he's just like so introverted. Yeah. And then as soon as the music starts, he just becomes this other person. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone's like though at karaoke yeah. it's great yeah exactly that's what that's my kind of karaoke off tune out of sync that's the best way to do it well getting back to what you're saying about people that are good at karaoke if you're good at singing don't do karaoke karaoke is meant to be for the ones that can't sing yeah and it's like it's our way of singing pretending. the pretending it's yeah, like pretending singing we're good. in the shower but in front of people and they cheer and applaud and it doesn't yes. matter how bad you are <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed when I watch someone that's good at karaoke not that because they make me feel like I don't want to do it but it's because I didn't come here to see good singers. I, came, I That's yeah. for like TV shows. I came here to see people making a dickhead of themselves. Yeah. But having a good time. Yeah. Like, exactly. No one's being mean. No one's no one's naysaying. Like, You're just there and loving every minute yeah. of it. <laughs> people just love the fact that you've had the guts to get up on stage yeah. and do it. We went to an awesome... I don't want to get too bogged down in non-Simpson stories, but we went to a great karaoke bar that was in New York, not far away from Times Square. It was like Coyote Ugly, the waitress. 
And this is the one time where it was okay. <laughs> Sorry. Whenever you say that, whenever I hear karaoke, I'm going to think of John Goodman just doing... Dan, 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 <laughs> dan, 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 dan. It was the perfect mix of that. Because you had, like, the, the common audience were getting up doing that. Yeah. But then whenever someone wasn't on, they would hand the, the microphone over to the Leanne Rhymes of the movie. It, it, just this waitress that had a fucking killer voice. She was really, really great. And that's fine. If you work in the establishment, you can sing as well as you like. Yeah. Uh, I really badly wanted to get up and sing uh, ACDC's Black in Black, but I was in the middle of the worst. You said Black in Black? I think I did. <laughs> uh, ACDC's Back in Black. Back but in Black. I, I was in the middle of the worst flu imaginable and I had no voice whatsoever and there was just no chance it was going to work. Anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. That's my, that's my last bit of karaoke for the time being. Okay, then. Alrighty, so getting back to the karaoke, more karaoke, uh, Bart and Lisa are singing Shaft. Yeah. Shaft. Now, they originally, Fox, didn't want them to do this because they didn't think that they would get away with singing Shaft, Shaft, whatever, shaft. we say Shaft, on television. And then apparently the writers or whoever was behind the show showed them some Academy Awards ceremony when it was performed live on television and Fox was like, okay. Okay, so you, there's a precedence. You can you can do it. <laughs> if you see here the people versus Shaft of 1973. Um, now that's uh, it's like, as much as there's innuendo in that song. There's nothing really no. wrong with it. He's a complicated man. Yeah, no one understands him but his woman. And whilst this is happening, Homer's ordering fugu. Yes, more because it's the last thing Homer has eaten. Literally yeah. everything on the menu is like remoteless eating machine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried this yet, yeah. uh, and this it causes some. Why concern. is it on the menu if it's poisonous? Because it's only sometimes poisonous. The master's the only one that's supposed it, to be. It is a delicacy it, yeah. that you can order. This, is, this shows up on every now and then. Um, you'll see articles going around of like the most deadly foods in the world, and fugu is up there with one of them. Is it an actual thing? Yeah, this is a proper oh, pufferfish, okay. or like Japanese. Uh, puffer fish, blowfish, whatever you want to call it. I didn't it. know that. Okay. Yeah, there are some parts of it that are apparently a delicious delicacy. I'm going to find a picture of a food. And if you the get page. the wrong part of it, dead. Yeah. <laughs> 22 hours to live. It's <laughs> it's like the third, I think, this is the frightening thing. It's only like the third or fourth most deadly thing that you can buy, mostly in Asian countries. Because have you ever seen that one where you, like, you, you eat live squid? No. Like, they, they, there's, there's, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's a thing where, like, you eat live squid, and the main cause of death in that is that that squid may just grab onto your throat on the way down. So it's alive while you eat it? Yeah. How can you do I, see, just I Just in and swallow. I couldn't and I do it based that. on principle. I couldn't, um, eat, I couldn't eat something whilst it was living. I just couldn't do it. Not, not so much principle for me, but I don't see the point of eating something I can't chew. If I have to get it in my mouth and swallow it before I can experience the flavor, what's the point? Yeah, I suppose. If it's going down your throat, you're not going to taste it, are you? No. Anyway, anyway so, so Homer orders Fugu, and they go, well, Akira takes the, the order back, and all we have there is the apprentice, because the master is out sleeping out with Krabappel. Busy in it up with Edna Krabappel in the back the, of the car. Is this car. the first sort of Krabappel slutty sort of angle they've gone with? Because uh, she, she becomes the go-to, I'm going to sleep with whatever man in Springfield I can find. Yeah, she does. I don't remember what specifically, but I'm sure there's a mention, a reference to that in a previous... Yeah, maybe. Something in Moe's bar, I'm sure she shows up there. In Moe's Bar. One of the previous episodes. I know she does it in Flaming Moe's. She's in the Flaming yeah, Moe's yeah, yeah. song. That's not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway. so, but yeah, so it's usually teacher Krabappel, but this is mm. slutty Krabappel. Which one of our listeners, Susie Plyne, has mentioned something that, in her experience, has been cut out of syndication. The master rolling around in the back. Has it really? Apparently. Like, I remembered it really vividly, but that could just be because I've watched it so many times. I on, didn't. When I watched video. it, I went, whoa, I did not remember that being Krabappel. <laughs> yeah, right. So he goes out, the apprentice goes out to find the master, and. What's his quote? You are needed in the kitchen. I said, cover for me, damn it! But master, we need your skilled hands. My skilled hands are busy. You'll do it! So he goes back and he tries to do the fugu himself because Homer's pretty adamant. He wants yeah. fugu now. Uh, 
now. Yeah. Really, the apprentice should have said, look, dude, you're going to die if I try and do it. You so probably, yeah. You probably don't want to have it. He tries it anyway, and Homer's yelling out, feed me, fugu, fugu me. On, fugu me. <laughs> How good is that quote? Fugu me. Fugu me is one of the quotes that has lived with me for a long time. <laughs> Whenever I'm in, doesn't matter what it is, any seafood in front of me, come on, fugu me. I want a shirt that says fugu me. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, the other one that I really like, and I, I say this a lot whenever I'm preparing something in the kitchen, regardless of what the meal is. Poison, poison, tasty fish. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's like the slightest little part of the fish. Exactly. And like he cuts it. Yeah. Just a plate. <laughs> so Homer eats the fugu, and the master comes back from being with Kabapal and realizes that someone's been cutting up the fugu fish, mm-hmm. and they have to break the news to Homer that you're... Probably just eating poison. Yes. And it reminded me of the time we went to a Chinese restaurant in Geelong. I won't say the name because it's sort of shitting on them. But Nicola, she's got a nut allergy, so she can't eat. She can't even touch a nut. Like, it's just pe- any peanuts, anything. Walnuts, yeah. whatever. Not even these nuts? Oh, I knew it was coming up. That's why I was like, peanut, quick, get out of this. And they say, no worries, we don't use nuts in any of the food or that I you're going to have. I myself for making that joke. <laughs> And then Nicola gets her food, one bite, mouth starts swelling up. They cooked it in peanut oil. Ah, the fools. Ugh. Did they then try to have an argument about how, no, that's only oil, there's no peanut in that? Oh, they, they, they tried to get their way out of it. But anyway, we was more wanted to get Nicola to the hospital because she wasn't well. Yes. So anyway, just it reminded me of that. But it's funny how in this, it's almost like the writers wanted you to think that the Japanese knew that their food was dangerous because there's a menu to the hospital. No, there's a map to the hospital on yeah. the back of the menu. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's a menu to the hospital on the back of the menu. <laughs> So Homer's at the hospital. This is my laugh out loud moment of the of the whole episode. This is my favourite part. Try something new, Homer. What'll it hurt you, Homer? I never heard of a poison pork chop. <laughs> That's what I'm always like when I try new foods. I don't like it. Try something new, Brenda, she says. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's exactly how you'd be thinking at that point in time. Yeah. To be fair to Marge, she didn't say try everything new. <laughs> Homer had just backed up Try a little something bit. something new, Homer. <laughs> it just, it's such a Homer line. I, I loved it. I love the uh, the follow-up Homer line. Don't worry, Doc. I can read Marge <laughs> like a book. Cut to Marge looking very concerned. Ooh, it's good news. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like Those two lines together, man. I just I, I was crying <laughs> after the first line. That kept me going. It was so good. And then Hibbert says you're going to die. And this is great. It's the Simpsons writers are able to tell someone that they're going to die, but turn it into a joke. You have... 24 hours to live. 24 hours? Well, 22. I'm sorry I kept you waiting so long. That's great that writing, That is man. really funny. Like, The Simpsons are so good at this. They do it in a few episodes. I can't remember what it was, but they turn a shit situation and they make fun of it. And you don't sort of feel like Dr. Hibbert is rubbing it in his face that he's going to die. It's just a subtle joke. Oh, it's last... Um, the last episode when he tells Homer, uh, tells Marge, I don't love you anymore. Don't worry, I'll still do all the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, of course, the five stages of grief as well. He, he goes straight through, through them, yeah. yeah. The first is denial. No way, because I'm not dying. Second is anger. Why, you little duck, dude! After that comes fear. What's after fear? What's after fear? Bargaining. Doc, you gotta get me out of this. I'll make it worth your while. Finally, acceptance. Well, we all gotta go sometime. Mr. Simpson, your progress astounds me. And then he gives Homer the pamphlet, so you're going to die. And that, yeah. that, that was a great way to end the first act. Great booklet. Yeah. <laughs> Very handy. So it starts off with Marge crying, and Homer's, Marge, what are you crying for? I'm the one who's going to die. <laughs> and he has his to-do list. I feel like by this point in the episode, they really start humanizing Homer. It's where you start forgetting that you're watching a cartoon. Yeah. Like, what would you do on your last day if you knew you had one day left? Oh, that's such a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, honestly... It's just like hang out with family. You can't really think of what you would do, would you? If you haven't, been, really. you haven't been given time to prepare for it, you know? 
I think I would just like to take Ash and the dog maybe out to the beach and just contemplate things, look out at the waves. Yep. And then with like 20 minutes to go, get naked Mm -hmm. and just run through town. (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) (laughs) What I really liked about this was that... Yelling... Yeah, sorry. Yep. Just because they're yelling out home truths about everyone that I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked about it, though, getting back to like, more seriousness, is that they had Homer not want to tell the kids because that would frighten them or make them sad. Yeah, well, that that's really good by Homer. Like that was, that was being a really good dad. Yeah, because like, Homer very often he's like a you wouldn't call him a selfish father, but like, no, he doesn't look after his kids. But he thinks about himself. He doesn't really. He's, he's probably just a little bit ignorant. He's to oblivious to. How, yeah, oblivious is a better word. Actually, to, yeah, a little bit oblivious to the way they might react and feel about things. But this just shows that he is a very caring father. It's just that, that one line. I don't want to tell the kids. I thought that was really really good writing. Hmm. I love his list, by the way. Number one, make list. Crossed off. Oh, I didn't read that one. That was, uh, that's hilarious. Also, he's, he's asking Marge, what's that word you use for when we're... And she says, intimate. He says, yes, be Spells intimate it. with Marge. Spelled I-N-T-I-M-I-T. <laughs> intimate, yeah. So, he goes to sleep and he wakes up. The alarm goes off at six, but he sleeps until 11.30. And I thought, this wasn't very nice by Marge. You know he's got 24 hours to live. Don't let him sleep. I know, but that's a funny joke. It's yeah. like, can we see the sunrise? You bet. It's so sweet. And then, like, cut to, and just slaps the alarm <laughs> and rolls back over. It's so funny. Yeah, so the first thing he does is he wants to have a man-to-man with Bart. Now, have you ever been close with your dad? See, I've never, ever had a man-to-man with my dad. I've never had... I don't think I've ever had a real heartfelt kind of conversation. Maybe when my uncle's passed away, but that was about it. Hmm. Knowing that my dad listens to this podcast now, I have to tread carefully. I do seem to remember about two and a half years after I'd lost my virginity, he'd (laughs) found out that there might be a possibility that I was having sex and wanted to kind of have the one-on-one. I'm like, I'm kind of past that. Yeah. But I kind of very awkwardly just paid at lip service at the same time. Um, my dad just avoids that's any That's as close as we've like ever that. come to a one-on-one. That's not to say that we aren't close, but I, I think he's always just kind of trusted me to figure things out, and if I'm ever unsure on something, then I'll go to him. I can honestly say I do not remember ever once hugging my dad. Okay. Do you, do you hug your dad? I just, I don't, oh, well, not, not that I don't want to, I just don't do it. I don't know that I do now. I mean, I'm 27. But um, you know what, some people, when they say hello to their parents, like they give their dad a hug or whatever, tap on the back. A man hug. Uh, well, you know, like special occasions. Like we would have hugged at our wedding and that sort of stuff. Uh, well, my wedding. I didn't marry my father. <laughs> um, like, you know, things like that will come up uh, and, and big moments. Yep. Um, big emotional moments now. When I was a kid, definitely. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, look, I'm a, I'm a pretty... I'm a loving guy. Yeah. I like to be touched. I like to touch. <laughs> It's well, a big loving at the Grinter household. Well, it's just it's obvious here that Homer and Bart don't really have many man to mans because Bart keeps thinking that he's in trouble. Yeah, like, he just pulls Homer- his pants down to be spanked. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he teaches him the three lines that'll get him through the rest of his life. Number one, cover for me. Number two, oh, good idea, boss. Number three, it was like that when I got here. And they literally are three great lines to use to get I'd you through life. Throw in sorry. There's You're a- right. <laughs> oh, what was his name? There's a comedian, uh, John. John somebody. Uh, I really hate it. If any of our listeners know, please send a message in so I can give this guy credit. I saw this years ago, but he was talking about how to get through any relationship. You just need to remember four words. It was, oh, yeah, right, sorry. (laughs) Use them individually or in a cluster. (laughs) (laughs) In a cluster. That's good. So, he teaches him how to shave. Yeah, and I forgot that this was in this episode because this is such a classic moment. Yeah. I think it's been in a couple of the clip shows maybe. 
Probably. I think and it was in the first clip show when Bart feels sorry for exploding the can in front of Homer or giving Homer the yeah, shake of the can. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And he remembers the moments. It's just, yeah, you see this, I'm going to teach you how to shave. It's one of those lines every Simpsons fan can remember Homer saying, Now come on, you're going to learn how to shave. It's a classic moment. And this is another joke that I didn't fully understand until I was older. Just yeah. how many places Homer had managed to cut himself while shaving. Do you cut yourself when you're shaving? I always manage no, to cut like, myself on the lip. I don't know, for me, like, maybe one out of every time. If a brand new razor, sharp, whatever. But no, not very often at all. And that's why, like, when I was a kid, I was like, I guess that's just what happens. And then I grew up, was like, cut yourself seven times and I'll shave What an idiot. <laughs> but I also love it. Don't worry, the blood will hold it right on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the le- your least favorite part about shaving? Not the fact of just doing it, but, like, what do you like the least? Um, because we've both got, we're both sporting mini beards here. We do have a little bit of growth at the moment. And it's, it's just because... I just I hate shaving, man. Yeah, it's just the effort more yeah. than anything. Finding that extra five minutes in the morning, like what will happen is that night I'll be like, oh, I should probably shave for tomorrow so I don't have to get up early. Yeah. And then I'll think, nah, f- nah, f- I'll, I'll be fine. I'll get up. And then I won't get up early. And I'm like, uh-oh, now I have to go out with stubble and there's nothing I can do about it. Every day I go to bed saying, I'm going to get up early and get all stuff done before I go to work. I wake up like 10 minutes before I start. Yeah. I literally get out of bed at like 10 past, quarter past seven, and I've clocked on by 25 past. That's impressive. It helps that I don't shower every, all week. <laughs> yes. Well, it helps you. <laughs> this room could be bigger. And then... We have it, more ventilation. We have the really good touching moment when Bart knocks over, I'm assuming it's the aftershave or something. Oh! oh! Why, you little... It was like that when I got here. Oh, that's my boy. Really good writing. Good throwback, you know? Yeah. And then he goes to listen to Lisa play sax. Another great Homer Lisa moment where she's playing the blues, he's all sad, and then she plays the Saints Go Marching In. Yeah. Like, when the Saints go over there. Oh, over there. (laughs) Yet another quote that I keep bringing out. Whenever I hear that song, which in uh, AFL in Australia, we have the St Kilda Saints. I'm sure there's many sporting teams that use it as their theme song. I'm sure they would, yeah. So I cannot possibly hear that without giving it that. Oh, over there. It's such a... When you watch it, you can't help but smile, especially when you're just dancing to it. You're like, oh, that's so good. (laughs) it at the point. Yeah. No, over there. (laughs) And then he's making the videotape for Maggie, who borrows the camera from Flanders. And Flanders is like, do you want to come over for a barbecue? Mm. And Homer's like, no, no. Oh, oh, tomorrow. Okay, yes, I'll do that. And then it's the... (laughs) Joke's on him. I'll be dead by then. (laughs) (laughs) And did you immediately think of the Simpsons movie when you're watching him through the camera? Uh, no, not immediately. I immediately thought of it when Marge uh, films the tape for Homer to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's very similar, kind of sitting in the chair front on. Except yep. this one's hilarious. When he says to <laughs> Maggie, I'm speaking to you from beyond the grave. <laughs> yeah, so then he goes and makes peace with Grandpa. And Homer and Grandpa, they've never really had much of a relationship, have they? Not really, no. there's um, They definitely haven't hugged. But I really liked this scene. I felt sorry for Homer because I knew he was missing out and getting to do stuff. But it was just good. It's not very often that we see Homer and Grandpa enjoying each other's company. Yeah, that's true. I love the idea of uh, Grandpa wanting to play hacky sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by, by the end of it, he's just like, I don't want to spend more time with you now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Go away. <laughs> Back to normal Back again. Back to your home. So he's on the way home from Grandpa and he gets pulled over by the cops. And I thought it was a bit like, did he need to be that much of a smart ass to the cops? Like, uh, what, well, what, what do you think is going to happen when you're being smart like that to the police? You're probably not thinking about that, though. Like, you, if we would have that much on your mind. You're going to die in, like, 12 of, hours. Like, yeah, exactly. And possibly some of that attitude creeps in a little bit as well, of, like, just fuck off, please. I've got things that I need to you do. You should have told them that. <laughs> yeah, who's going to believe that, though? Yeah. yeah. Is this the first time we see the cops be dicks? I think so, yeah. Because they're usually just bumbling fools. Yeah. We, we've seen them do corrupt stuff. Not until stuff. Steve Sachs oh, <laughs> baseball. You're a long way from home, Sachs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know when to quit, do you, Sachs? Meanwhile, uh, and when he's in the prison, I like this, when he goes to the... He's locking, the in guy the playing cell. harmonica? Yeah. What are you there for? 
atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great joke. I watched that and I went back and watched it again. I'm like, did he actually just say atmosphere? Because that's a fucking great line. Yeah, that is such a good joke. That's that's one of those. When you write that joke, you go home for the day. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. Just ask for a raise. And he uses his one call to call Barney. And Barney, I know he's a slob and he's a terrible person, but he comes through for Homer. He yeah. somehow finds $50. Yeah, yeah. And gets him out. And then goes back to being the bad influence I love his line. 50 bucks? What'd you do? Kill a judge? Homer ends up going to Moe's. He gets sucked in by Barney. Because back to like the first episode, Barney's the bad influence. Yeah. You know the thing is, Barney's the first person outside of Marge that Homer tells he's dying. You're right, yeah. He didn't tell his dad. Didn't tell the police officers. No. The first person he tells is Barney. So he convinces him to go to Moe's. They're on the way to Moe's and they see Burns there. Hey, Burns! Eat my shorts! Who the Sam Hill was that? Oh, Mr. Burns is hilarious. I man. love Smithers going along with birds, checking the women what out. What is that? Like, woo, woo, sir. That's uh, uh, ring-a-ding-ding, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so, yeah, so they go to Moe's, and it's weird. I forgot that Homer kissed Moe. But, like, it's good that Homer, I think he's told all the bar flies that he's going to die. And you can just see that, I know it's a terrible place. Like, a bar is, it's not a terrible place, but it's a very depressing place. Dingy. But it's where Homer feels most the, respected, I guess. But the dank, Dando. The dank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Homer's respected to an extent by these people. He feels accepted by them, I guess. He's not... Yeah, they're his buddies. They're his equals, I guess. Yeah. Do you, do you think Homer's the most intelligent? Or maybe Carl. I'd say Carl's the most intelligent. Out of the bar flies, probably. Yeah. Barney goes, goes to take him home, and then he goes, faster, Barney, faster. And you think he's driving, but we, he's changing the wheel. We, yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Turn on as fast as I can. Yeah. There is a funny moment there where Homer tries to call home. But he's cut off because Bart is prank calling most. Yeah. That's the uh, Seymour Butts. Hey, is there a Butts here? Seymour Butts. Hey, everybody, I want to see more Butts. When do they stop doing them? Maybe like season five-ish, I think. Did they stop? I thought they... They stopped doing them as frequently. It definitely became less prominent. There's only so many fake names you can come up with. Yeah, so Homer decides to run home. I'm sure this is a tribute to something, but I... It escaped me. Uh, nothing that immediately sprang to mind for me, no. But I do like the fact that he's deciding to sprint home is to be intimate. Yeah, like, that's the only reason. It, yeah, exactly. Gives the ki- Pays the kids lip service. Straight up to yeah. bed, gargling, mouthwash. Yeah. And he gets to, they get to the bedroom and Marge is naked and they're ready for to get intimate. Is she naked? She's naked in bed, yeah. I didn't notice that. I thought she was wearing like a gown or something. No, no, she tied the blanket over her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that happens in married life. What's that? Like, you just... When, when you're young, or like when you're dating, getting undressed or undressing each other is kind of like part of having sex and like getting ready for it all. Then when you're married, it's just a case of, well, clothes off and I'll see you in bed. <laughs> like <that's- laughs> This is another thing, right? Ash said to me, hang on, <laughs> are we about to open up on something? <laughs> I can walk around the house naked now and Mitch doesn't even realise. No, I realise. <laughs> I just feel like if I make too big a deal of it, it won't happen as That's often. what I said. Yeah. We don't want to just seem like we're giggling schoolgirls. That's girls, a plan. Ash boys. doesn't realise just how many reflective surfaces there are, so I don't need to be looking directly <laughs> at her. I've got it all mapped out. All Three, mirrors. I have, I, from every point in my house, I have 360 degree viewing range. Occasionally to say, you look sexy, babe. Right, well, I'll throw it out there. Say it. Not now. <laughs> you, throw, you throw it out there later. Not in front of the fellas. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Marge and Homer, Marge writes his poem. The blackened clouds are forming. Oh, give me a break, Marge. Soon the rain will fall. My dear one is departing. But first, please heed this call. That always will I love you. My one, my love, my all. That was beautiful. I get goosebumps watching this, man, because like... It's a really sweet poem. Yeah, but you think no one wants to go through that. 
No. She's going to lose her life partner. Yeah. And this is a moment where Marge's voice really is perfectly suited Good for this sort of um, delivery as well. Like, she she has that kind of... I want to say... I want to say Bob Dylan as an example, not in that she sounds like Bob Dylan, but it's kind of a dirty voice. Like, it's not very clean. It's a little bit gravelly. It's not what you would call a good sounding voice. But when you want to get emotional and have like some extra resonance to something, then it's really well suited to it because suddenly it feels more real. It's not like when something's really clean, maybe it doesn't quite sound right. But but for her, this sounds perfect. And it's, I guess it's that close to breaking just normally that then when she dials it up just a little bit and does actually croak her voice a little bit. It's even... It, it just grabs at you a little bit more. It's another one of those moments where you, you forget you're watching a cartoon because it's just written so well. Yeah. So then they get intimate. You don't see it, obviously. And Homer wakes up and he leaves Marge and he goes to say his goodbyes to the children. If, if, if you have to have a discussion about whether or not you can have the kids singing the theme song from <laughs> Shaft, you definitely cannot show them getting intimate. And, well, they, they almost do later on, not getting intimate, but you see a lot more in later seasons. Yeah, you see, see a little bit of snuggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't turn on the lights, don't turn on the lights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he goes and says his goodbyes to his kids. And he's got the really funny line when he gets to Bart. Do you want to explain this one? The gag? Yeah, so he's going through the different kids. Uh, what does he say to Maggie? Stay as sweet as you are, something yep. like that. Uh, Lisa, you'll you'll make me really proud or I'm really proud of you or something along those lines. And then, <laughs> bye, Bart. I like your sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. There, there was something, Um. oh, it's in Scenes of Class Struggle when she's saying, I like Homer's in your face, yeah. whatever. And she gets to Bart. And Bart... I like, I like Bart. Bart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those kind of gags. So Homer, he goes downstairs. He knows... Well, he thinks he's going to die. Everyone thinks he's going to die. He, what's he going to do? He, get, he finds a tape, just something to listen to to go to sleep and just die peacefully. Yeah. And he gets out the good book. Yep. Read On by... Tape. Larry King. The, the Larry King. I didn't know that until watching that back now because it's been so long since I've seen this. I don't even know who the hell Larry King was uh, when, this, yeah. when I first watched this episode. And it's actually Larry King. Yep. Uh, two, two people turned that role down before they went to Larry King. Do you want to know who it was? Uh, Have a guess. Diane Sawyer. No, two Tom men. Brokaw. Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen would have been hilarious. Bruce Springsteen turned it down and Shatner turned down the other one. <laughs> they both would have been so good. Oh, I know, right? Uh, yeah, I'm just immediately thinking of Springsteen in High Fidelity. <laughs> like when he's giving advice to John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Like, he would have been so perfectly suited to that. And then Homer's listening to the tape. He passes out, and you think, okay, well, it's all over. If you're watching this, if you're watching this, not knowing whether he dies or not, would you think he was going to die? Yeah, no, definitely. It gave me chills, particularly when the uh, church bell sort of and um, he, his arms flop. Yeah, down. His, his arms flop, and he looks dead. Dung, and the um, the camera panning up away from the town, which is very kind of you know traditional uh, cinema shortcut for death and passing up into heaven. Like, yeah, it's it's really powerfully done. And Marge wakes up, Homer's not next to her, because she was there when she fell asleep. Yeah, and she just wakes up in panic. And as you would, man, imagine, yeah. imagine having to go through what she's going through. Yeah. I wish that upon absolutely nobody. But she finds Homer asleep in the chair, she thinks he's dead, as you would, hmm. and then she realises that his saliva is warm. Does that mean you're alive, I guess? Like, well, it, it's recent. Yeah, it's, it's like that thing of like, you know, a detective is chasing a bad guy and he comes in and he finds that the kettle's still on. It's like, yeah. They were here. The TV's still on or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he's still alive and Homer vows to live life to its fullest now that he's no, know he's going to survive this fugu fish. 
and it cuts to one of the greatest closing <laughs> credits of all time. Just him sitting on the couch, eating pork rinds, watching the bowling. <laughs> Ten pin bowling over the entire end credits. I didn't realize, because once that came on, I remember that as the ending. I laughed at it. Oh, that's funny. I turned it off. And Mitchell's sitting there watching it, and I'm on my phone, and I'm thinking, this has been going for ages. Like, are you repeating it? And then I realized it's the entire credits. It's so funny, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's the end of the episode. Now, um, really, really good quality solid ending it's um a key moment in the character of homer i think yeah massively it's an episode that wasn't hilarious early like particularly the the first scene doesn't have a lot of laugh out loud moments like when they're just eating dinner and the meatloaf and that sort of thing it starts getting a little bit funnier through the uh japanese fugumi And then it's more of a fact that a lot of the lines in here that you really love, on paper on their own, probably aren't all that great. It's more that they're used as an offset against the the darkness of what the main storyline is. And that's really what drives this episode forward and, and where the comedy comes from. Would you call it more of a, um, not a joke-heavy episode, more of a character development yeah, story? Yeah, massively. And if I had to have, watching it back, if I had one complaint or if I was going to change one thing, and this is just me... As much as you said that you you really loved the Homer and Grandpa moments, I was thinking that Marge got maybe a little bit shortchanged in this episode. And yeah. I would have liked to have just seen that Homer-Grandpa scene shortened a little bit. Still give us the idea of like, yep, they're, they're getting along and this is really nice. Just to give Marge one extra scene of worrying and fretting over Homer's safety to... To really ram home, like if if they had have done that when she read that poem, I, there probably would have been tears. I really As felt was, bad for Marge in this episode. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she's the one that's feeling the most pain. Homer's feeling fear, but she's the one that's truly in pain and agony over losing her life partner. Here. And she has to try and not show it in front of the kids as well. Yeah, well, the kids are like st- something's going on. Why aren't you telling us? You know. Yeah, she has to be so stoic and so strong. And I would have loved to have just seen a little bit more of that. No, I, c- I can see that. Yeah, uh, that's that's the only thing. But it's a really really good episode overall. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn in this episode, Mitch? I learned that if you want to be pleased by someone with uh, skilled hands. That the local sushi chef is the place to be. Mine, mine is Kababu likes fat, sweaty Japanese men. Yeah, well, that's that's very similar then. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also that fugu, like any good fish, comes with almost a video games type instruction manual. Yes, <laughs> it's just a little poison, poison, tasty fish. <laughs> so, what's your trivia for this week? Do you have any? Uh, I do. Are you aware of the alternate ending of this episode? No, I am not. Fuck this, awesome. What is it? There you go. Uh, so. It was scrapped as much as... Where did you learn this, by the way? As great as the internet. It's uh, this labyrinth of computers that connected stretches around the world. It's phenomenal. I'll get you onto it. Um, uh, So, as as great as the the actual ending was of him just eating pork rinds, what they'd originally wanted but had to scrap for runtime... Scrap for runtime, yeah. It's like a minute. I suppose it's closing credits. Yeah, it was only over the closing credits. They were going to have an ending the next day where everything that Homer had done in that last day catches up with him. So he has to go to Flanders Barbecue, yeah. and he's sitting there hating it. His old man, like Grandpa Simpson, is there just clinging to him, desperate to hang out with him, and Homer couldn't give a shit about him anymore. And then uh, he gets a phone call from work. Well, I think Marge gets a phone call and passes a message on or something saying, work called, they want you in Mr. Burns' office by 9am tomorrow morning. So like, <laughs> it's just everything comes crashing down on him. Now that you say that, it's kind of odd that they didn't follow it up, isn't it? You kind of ex- well, maybe they- you just leave it to your imagination. You know it's going to get back to yeah, him. and it's one of those within the continuity of an episode that doesn't have to carry from one to another. So it's fine that none of that did happen. But yeah, that was originally how they wanted to tie it all together. I Good probably one. prefer the pork rinds joke to be honest. It's I funnier, think, isn't it? I think they were forced into 
the fact that they were forced into it, they've, you know, by necessity, they've come up with something that for me is funnier as much as the other one might be a little bit more of a kind of all loose ends tied up ending. Well, I'm very impressed by that. That was yeah. a good piece of trivia and I'm, I can't work out how you found it and I didn't. Uh, it was on IMDb. It was like the first thing that I read. I never go to IMDb. I'm going to have to start yeah, doing well, it. There you go. All right, my uh, trivia. Which team did Larry King suggest will win that year? Whatever. Ah, yeah. So this is Larry King signing off the Bible. Yes. Doing his Larry King. Like I think I've talked a little bit before, but Kevin Pollock plays the Larry King game that Larry will just reveal some information about himself at the end of something. Yeah. Um, now I happened. I did remember this purely because it's my best friend's favorite team, the okay. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and if you're interested, I like the San Antonio Spurs for this season. Now that's hilarious. In an audio book that could be listened at any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he was, I'm like, has Homer changed tapes? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And my other question is, what street, what is the name of the street the Happy Sumo restaurant is on? Ah, uh, no, you've got me on that one. Elm Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. A little bit of trivia there. So, bit of trivia. let's get into the mailbag. Javail! Javail is here! Ooh. Let's open the mailbag. Of course, we will commence with the shout-outs for this week. As we normally do. we got to jump straight into Matt Brown. Previously on Tarrant, this is Four Finger Discount. I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you, especially those of you on the jury. Wow, that went badly. <laughs> <laughs> that lawyer has to stop I don't think it's a two-head lawyer in that, in that shot, though. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it is. Is it? Yeah. No. It's like the only other lawyer in Springfield. No, I'm almost certain it's not, man. Oh... Uh... I reckon I could be right, because I did the Lionel Hutt's Best of Moments clips recently. And okay. Well, I'll defer to you, because I'm not as 100% sure. I haven't watched uh, that episode for a little I, while. I, I would bet. Any, I'm pretty but sure I'm But I'm pretty right. sure it is. Ooh, we'll, we'll find out, That's we? one for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. It's been settled. I feel like we were both right and we were both wrong, to be perfectly honest. I knew I was right. Uh, well, see, this is the thing. You're not- the question was, is it the blue-haired lawyer? Not, is it the blue-haired lawyer's voice? I said, is it the same character? I didn't call him blue-haired lawyer. Same character. Different glasses and different... Everything besides okay. voice. Well, the point is <laughs> that the blue-haired lawyer was not Freddie Quimby's lawyer in the exactly. boardroom too much, but it was the same voice. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. That's what he said. <laughs> it was <laughs> the same voice. I know. It's the exact same voice. But thank you, Matthew, for backing me up and pointing it out. I would think on a show where it's voice actors that if the voice is the same, the character is the same. That's your fault. No. You would make bad assumptions yeah, like let's that. Let's throw this open to a vote. <laughs> What's more important? Is Barney still Barney when he has blonde hair? I ask you. Because it's the same person. Not the same, not just so how is this not the same person? So if Barney's lo- voice doesn't change, is that what? that's the only defining characteristic of Barney so that stays the same from season one to season two. His entire character changes. He's an arsehole in season one. He becomes an, he's still a drunk, but he's not an arsehole in season two. He's still referred and to as Barney. And yet you still call him Barney. He's still referred to as but Barney, you, that's why. Well, this guy's not referred to as anything. He's not referred to as the blue-haired lawyer, that's for sure. But he's not referred to as the non-blue-haired blue lawyer. lawyer's in the scene. Blue-haired in- lawyer doesn't even have a name in the context of the, the show. The blue in the credits. I could walk out over this. <laughs> okay. this. For people listening at home, this isn't one of those contrived, oh, I think this, no, I think this, we're going to have an argument about it. This is genuine. <laughs> Next shout out. I'm right. Uh, Jason Newell. Uh, th- oh, th- thank you very much to Jason Newell. I'm sitting right now next to a bunch of calculators and protractors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a school bus ruler. I'm scooch over. So is that a ruler? We have a, well, we have a pencil box here. Oh, it's a pencil box. It's okay. A, it's a school bus. In the shape of the, um, the, the school bus from the show. We have a Bart Simpson watch. Watch. That's pretty um, cool. We have a ruler there. There we go. Um, a calculator, two calculators. Two calculators. One for each of us. A uh, protractor. Can a I do um, cos, sine, and tan on that calculator? There's a lot of wanna, buttons on You can there. open up yours if you like. Uh, I've only got one hand handy. We'll do it later. 
Um, oh, yeah, no, so that's your basics. So J- one Jason- through to nine standard configuration. So basically, Jason works at a particular uh, takeaway restaurant, and these were leftover toys. I think I already said Hungry Jacks. <laughs> We've outed you. And he posted them down We've for us. We've been ratted out, boys. It cost him $7 something to post them down. I saw the price on it. Thank, thank you very much thank for you, that, Jason. Jason. Very do appreciate it. T-shirt for him. Yes. But yeah, I still need a photo from you. Okay. Rules are rules. Jason, yeah. send us a photo of you unhappy about not having a four-finger discount T-shirt. Next but thank you very out. much for the toys. Uh, Nick Laveau. Laveau. I reckon it's Nick Laveau. Well, firstly, he was our 6,000th like, which seems like it was oh so long ago. Last week. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he knows John Lovitz. How awesome is that? And that's enough to get a shout out. Apparently, he's he's got friends in a band called Super Naked, and John Lovitz helps their band out somehow. Super Naked. Yes. Not just naked. How super naked? I can just imagine John Lovitz just being an awesome person to hang out with. Yeah. What's your favourite John Lovitz movie or bit or something? Just off the top of your head. The, the one that always sticks in my head is when he, he's in the wedding singer, right? Yeah. And he goes, he's losing his mind. <laughs> and I'm ripping the benefits. Yeah, and then he closes the curtain in front of yes. himself. <laughs> uh, I love him in North as an ambulance chasing lawyer. I haven't seen it. Um, but my favourite of all is in City Slickers 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at Billy Crystal's house and uh, Billy's been out for the day. And uh, Billy still has... Anyway, he has an animal from the first movie. So he's like... <laughs> um, Lovitz is saying about how I'm sitting around all day I'm thinking what can I do ah helping with the chores I, milk the cow he's like, I, the, I think he starts by saying there's something wrong with your cow he's like I'm sitting there I'm pulling I'm tugging I'm tugging I'm pulling I can't get a drop out which Billy Crystal says <laughs> the cow's name is Norman you were pulling on his dick <laughs> just <laughs> Lovitz's face it's fucking fantastic he's also really good in the movie Rat Race if you haven't seen it oh yeah yeah I haven't seen it since I was in Oh, yes, seven or eight. So yeah. it would have been about Hilarious movie. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Nick. Uh, anyone else that knows any celebrities? And you don't even need a story, really. Just tell me that you know them. That's if you've enough. met anyone that has anything to do with the show, I think I think maybe... If yeah, it was Nick, actually, that was... not just any celebrities, preferably people that have been on the show. Somebody that was... um, I mean, It might have been Nick. Might not have been someone sent through saying that they did a Q&A with Matt Groening once, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, So I'd love incredible. to hear... If you've been to a Q&A or you've just met like a, at an autograph signing or something... Photos with the cast. Someone from the show. Tell yeah. us. We'd love to hear about Standing it. Standing next to a cardboard cutout of Homer Simpson will be enough. Yes. Speaking to, <laughs> speaking to the t-shirts, uh, Gemma Thomas and... Cormac sent through photos as well, so you guys are now on the list for a free shirt. Once you are on enough. the list. Uh, thank you very much for sending those through, guys. Uh, Bennett Andrews, we wanted yeah. to give a shout out to for running. Uh, he runs the page Funk Dancing for Self Defense. Yes, and he he I'm assuming asked us to plug his page. So yeah, we all know what that's from. Success uh, secrets of successful marriage. Here's the four one one, folks. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Funk Dancing <laughs> for Self Defense. You fly girl. <laughs> yeah. You just give him one of these. Boom, boom. <laughs> So, thanks, Bennett, for sending that through. We did all the work. But, you know, thanks for supporting our page as well. Yeah. Share some of our stuff. And Ryan Kelly, uh, thank you very much for sending through some cool 90s uh, vintage pillowcases. Anything from, like, Bart Mania era, like, Simpsons merchandise is fucking awesome. Yeah. like You put up some shoes the other day on the page. Yes. Collectibles. So, I'm going to start doing a bit. Collectible of the day. Every day, putting up a new collectible. So, if you've got some really cool Simpsons merchandise from, like... I, I want it maybe from the mostly from the nineties, like from the golden era. Send through pictures and I'll share it on the page at some point. I really, I just love seeing old school retro Simpsons merchandise. It's really cool. I really get a yeah, kick out totally. of it. So send it through to the page. All right. Uh, so that's it as far as shout outs go for this week. Alrighty. Let's so move over into the questions. Liam Connolly Connors uh, has sent in. He would like to know what is the episode that we are most looking forward to reviewing. What is it for you? For me, it's the Australian episode. Really? As cliche as that might sound, 
I think he wrote the question besides the Australian episode. Oh, did he? Because it's so obvious. That I it didn't read Australian. that very okay. well. But I, okay, well, I'll, I'll think of a, que- a second one while you answer yeah, yeah, yours. Yeah. But no, for me, I just I'm really looking forward to being able to be as Aussie as possible and just I love I get giddy with excitement about that episode. Really? Yes. It's, it's I, not. I'm not. I don't not buy into the, it as much as everyone else does. It's not. It's the best that they've ever done. But it's just the few bits and pieces that are in there of the. Um, Andy and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, anyway, what's, what's yours? Mine is 22 short films about Springfield because there was just so much happening in that episode with so many of the sub-characters and I love how it all just blends together into one big story. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Um, all right, now that I've had a, a fraction of a second to think and there's been no edits here so I do legitimately mean just a yeah. fraction of a second to think, I'm going to go with Burns Baby Burns. Yeah, Larry. Mostly because Larry I just Burns. want to sit down and watch Ronnie Dangerfield for 22 minutes again. Today I got the idea, I'm going to do a best of Larry Burns video. That's everything. Yeah. It's <laughs> every line. Who am I talking to? <laughs> this guy's got more bread than a prison meatloaf. He's rich, <laughs> I tell you. Put it back, she's not done. <laughs> Such a good character, man. Like, it's literally just Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, it is. It's, I don't even think... They wouldn't have given him a script, I don't reckon. <laughs> oh... Yeah, no, no. They no, certainly no. didn't write those lines for him. They he, are all... Here's the gist of what, you're in, what we want you to say. Yeah, Just go exactly. with it. Just please make up something funny. Yeah. So, thanks for sending that through, Liam. Hopefully yeah. that answers uh, your question. Question number two. We'll go from Liam to a Luke. Luke Rattella, what is our favourite recent episode? From three weeks ago. It's for both of us. It is, exactly. I didn't even have to hesitate before no. answering this one. Halloween of Horror. Maybe because it's just stuck in my mind still, but this is the first time I can remember in fucking years that I've watched a new episode and gone, holy shit, that was fucking great. Yeah, I was hooked. Like It was Instantly, so good. It was so, so great. They didn't have crappy non-sequitur jokes. They didn't have... Like, they had some pop culture references or, like, you know, um, comments on modern times, but it didn't feel crowbarred in of, as if they were just... Sometimes in recent years when they've tried to do that, it's as if they're just... They've, they're really making a point of, like, oh, look, we're commenting about society. This didn't feel like that at all. Like, everything felt very believable and holistic and it was all part of the story. It was it great. It felt like a 90 Simpsons episode, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, and genuinely scary home invasion. Yeah. Like, I, it was like watching funny games or something. Like, you, you really felt some fear. Uh, it was so good. It was great. I watched it at work and we're supposed to take 20 minutes on our break. And I started watching about 10 minutes into my break and I just took an extra t- 20 minutes because I'm like, I can't stop watching this episode. It is fucking really good. Almost to the point where I nearly texted you straight away saying, we need to do a review on this episode because it's so good. Well, I'm planning on popping in, uh, or it might even be out by the time this podcast is out. I'm going to do an article of the five most important Simpsons episodes um, of all time. So, not not best, not whatever, but the most important in the history and the arc of the show. And I will strongly look at including this one in here because this is the one for all of the people that, that pass Shit on the new off. ones? Exactly. There are a lot of people... Like, I have genuine complaints about some uh, about the most recent seasons, but there are some people that almost do it as if... Like, it's just then... It's the thing to do now. Exactly. That, no, I don't watch the new ones. They're shit. Like, even when I wrote um, the... Here's what we would like to see in the next Halloween Treehouse of Horror episode. The amount of people are like, uh, I'd like to see them stop making the show 15 years ago, the shit. Those people really piss me off. And this is the episode to counter that. They they hate the new stuff without even watching it. Yeah. But Should we do good. a review of that episode as a special? Uh, I think it's worth it. I, yeah, I, think, well, I think it deserves it. We probably it, I should shouldn't say. wait 27 years to do it. No. So I think that's fair enough. We will bust that out as a single review. We need to give new episodes justice when they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, so Halloween of Horror, if you haven't checked it out, Check it out. Please, Halloween of Horror. Please find a way to watch it, legally or illegally. It's the first Halloween episode that the show did that was canon. 
which was it was so different. Yeah. I think that's what made it so you'd never seen this before. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly, it was different, and it wasn't. Yeah, like it, it's it's not Treehouse of Horror style at all. It just happens to be set at Halloween. No one dies or anything. You yeah, know, spoiler alert. But you know. there's a couple good meta jokes in there as well. Like Flanders walking up to Homer saying, um, "What are you doing for Halloween? You're going to be going up to the treehouse and telling three uh, scary stories." I don't remember that. Homer so shrugs watch- it off. He's like, eh, "People seem to like it." Oh, see, uh, I'm watching it at work, so I can't quite hear everything. But I was, uh, okay. yeah, I really enjoyed the song too. Uh, yeah, there was a good song in there that it, it felt out of place, but if it was anything, good. It, yeah, it was slightly killed the timing of something, but it was a very funny song. Yeah, it's yeah. just everything about the episode. And Halloween also, of horror. Yeah, check like it out. a really good comment on the way adults just get crazy with dress ups. Yeah, exactly. Um, slutty costumes everywhere. So, what is our last question for our the mailbag question, this week? We've got a final Luke. We've we've kept it alphabetical so far. Is it Luke Nash? It is Luke Nash. Finally, something from Luke Nash. Uh, not that he's although always, that's not alphabetical, because and anyway, he's always sending stuff in and he's always commenting on everything. It's it's about time we got a shout-out He's the finally show. broken through. He's, yes. be, he's been a solid reserves player We do appreciate you commenting, Luke. Really do appreciate it. So, Luke Nash. He's been in the practice awesome squads. Man. He's finally got a run of the big time. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately for Luke, who has contributed so much Simpsons-related stuff, the question that I'm uh, sharing from him today has nothing to do with the Simpsons whatsoever. He wants to know, with the Simpsons having 570-whatever episodes, do I, personally, have enough embarrassing stories to carry through the entire run of this podcast? Have you already said one today? No, you said the karaoke story. Yeah, that was hardly embarrassing. That was a crowning achievement. (laughs) Seriously, improvised song, earned a dollar. (laughs) um, No, uh, it's a challenge that I'm willing to take on board, Luke. I don't necessarily have 570 embarrassing stories, but I certainly have enough to be able to bring up a few often enough. And here is Mitch's embarrassing story of the week. Okay. Uh, so this is going back a few years, and Ash, if you are still listening, you're probably in customs by around about now. Hopefully, they've confiscated the iPod. I was a single. Was I single? I might have had. It might have been a girlfriend. Anyway, someone had might been, have been a girlfriend. I don't remember, but someone had been over at my house. We had been intimate and with a mitt. Intimate and N T I M I T. I it, I had to take her home basically. Like it was it was I was eighteen nineteen something along those lines. She was over at my place, but you know she had a place of her own that she had to go stay at. Drove her back home. Now it was a little bit late. You I sound was, like such a pig. I got what I wanted. She had to <laughs> fucking go home after that. That's not at all what it was like. <laughs> I was very gentlemanly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a really warm kind of balmy Australian summer night, and I knew I was going to be getting straight back into bed, so I couldn't be bothered getting dressed fully. I just grabbed some denim shorts and went commando. Denim shorts? Denim shorts. Ooh, this, is that I'm, the end of the story? <laughs> <laughs> denim shorts past the knee. Yeah, oh, lad. Uh, I popped my Vans on and we was, I skateboarded <laughs> her home. Uh, no, um, I took her home, but I went commando, basically, because I was only going to get straight back into bed. I go commando nearly every day of my life, man. Really? Is that what goes on in factories? Yeah. I know. When I'm at work, I wear But if I'm not at work, pretty much commando every time. Okay. You do wear I know that you just look straight down at my crotch. <laughs> well, <laughs> when there's a chance. Yes. Anyway, I'm driving home. I thought, oh, you know what would just make this evening perfect? Some cinnamon donuts. Okay. I would really enjoy some donuts right now. So I go into the supermarket, which was still open, and walk um, to grab to grab said donuts. They're always really cheap late at night, too. Yeah, they're like $1.50 for like six. 20 Yeah, <laughs> just for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> You, I, I took my the dollar I earned busking, yeah. and um, I substituted it for an entire bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, no, so it, it was it was actually three dollars. Like the, this is actually important to the story. The pack was three dollars worth. There was only uh, one, maybe two people working in the registers, and this is before self serve registers or anything along those lines. So I got up and like 
no, there were two girls. They were next to each other and they were kind of giggling a little bit as I was walking up there. Now, I looked fairly, like, my hair was kind of disheveled and that sort of thing. So, I was like, okay, it's this is like walk of shame material. They're obviously laughing at me because they're aware of what's going on. Fuck it. I got my donuts. I'm happy. Yeah. I don't really care. So, I put it through and then she, like, they, they scanned originally, there was going to be three bucks, but then she's like, oh, hang on a second. And she put, like, a, a little reduction sticker on there and it charged me a dollar. I was like, score, two bucks off my donuts. I, you know, maybe she felt bad for laughing at me. Who knows? Whatever. I got my donuts. I'm on my way. I get outside and for the first time, I feel a breeze that perhaps in an area that I shouldn't be feeling a breeze as directly. I realize that the fly on said denim shorts has slipped all the way down as it was occasionally prone to do on that pair of shorts. <laughs> And that I had just been walking, cock out, (laughs) to and through the checkouts (laughs) with this stupid grin on my face about donuts. She was like, this guy's fucking cray cray. (laughs) Laurie's money. She's pissed herself laughing. And it felt bad for it. And then, yeah, uh, I don't know why, to this day, I don't know why she marked it down. If it was like, just that this guy doesn't have much going for him. (laughs) So we'll give him his two bucks back. (laughs) <laughs> or if it was just thank you for giving me entertainment tonight. But yeah, that's what I, I accidentally exposed myself in a supermarket and scored a discount, a, 30, a 66% reduction on donuts. <laughs> Buy yourself some underpants. Exactly. <laughs> and now can I give you the really cheap punchline for the story? What is it? Fortunately, I was shopping in the six inches or less aisle. <laughs> 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 Have you used that in a stand-up routine? <laughs> no, 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 no. I would, uh, I'd be thrown off stage. <laughs> never, look, never allowed back in the town. Isn't that what happened anyway? No, no, no. The last time I did stand-up was a triumph. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> it's okay. I remember you did a, you, I think you've told the story. You did a really good opening for your stand-up or something. Yeah, yeah, I, have I told it on this podcast? I'm pretty sure you have. Okay. Well, even if I haven't, I don't want to give it away if people have never seen it before. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll go back and listen. If you haven't, you can tell it on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so, in saying that, thanks for listening to our review of Let Me Get It Right, Let Me Get It Right, Let Me Get It Right. One fish. One fish, two fish. Blowfish. Bluefish. There we go. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Dando. Uh, thanks to our official sponsors, The Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. The best place to find Simpsons fans is NoHomers.net. Great forums. You can communicate so much on so there when, you, when you're awesome. done. Make sure you've always got Four Finger Discount open in a tab next to it. Yes. So, Facebook.com slash Four Finger Discount. If you haven't liked it, please do so. Also, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and also Instagram at Four Finger Discount. I'm going to be posting up new pictures every day now on the Instagram, trying to get the other social medias happening because... I always forget about Instagram. I forget that it's a thing. Uh, it, it, and trust me, it is a thing. Especially yeah. with chicks. Like, Nicola and her friends are always on fucking Instagram. Yeah. Always. Uh, maybe we get, need to get, like, a four-finger discount Snapchat, because the girls seem to be big on that as Should well. Should we? I, I don't know how Snapchat works. I've never Snapchatted in my life. I think you just take a picture of your cock and just put on, like, a three-second thing. Is that how it works? And then they screenshot it and put it out to the world. Okay. Can we... Dress up our penises as Simpsons characters. Let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of, we forgot to mention what I did on in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, really funny photo. Is this on the Instagram, this photo? No, it's not on the Instagram should yet. Be. It's on the be. Facebook page. Yeah, it's on the Facebook page. Uh, Dando recreating Homer. Um, just it was a big Sunday morning. Bun. It was Sunday morning. I'm on holiday in Sydney. You found a penny. Nick, Nicola's walking around the house, just you know, cleaning up or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to watch The Simpsons in bed. And then I'm thinking, it's Sunday morning. What does Homer usually do on Sunday morning? Ah, that's right. He gets tucked up like a hot. Uh, what is it? A hot. A big toasty cinnamon. Big bun. toasty cinnamon bun. And 
You wouldn't believe how many times I made Nicola take the photo, show it to me. I was uh, one of those guys. I was going to ask you, yeah, how many did you go through? And because she kept getting too much other shit in the in the photo, so I had to crop it. She yep. kept getting like the, the lamp and stuff. And I'm like, there's no lamp in the fucking yeah. photo. <laughs> and then I followed up with recreating Homer taking a whiz with the door open. Yeah, so yeah. if anyone wants to see a little bit of TNA on the, uh, <laughs> the four-figure discount page, there's only a hint of A. And obviously, I have no tea, but you get the idea. Yes. Um, but same, you, got, you got MT. Same thing. I, I mean, Ash just took four photos and I chose the best one. But then I was like, my toilet faces the wrong way, so I had to rotate the photo and oh, flip okay, it yeah. so it's the right way. And then I was cropping it. We're perfectionists. Then, yeah. yeah, exactly. This Professionals. Is, this is why we have the fans that we have. They, they, they don't tune in for half-assed nudity. <laughs> they want <laughs> professional nudity. And we we're discussing this off the air. We're thinking of starting a thing where we take we try and reenact as many Simpsons moments as possible yeah yeah live action Simpsons photo recreations and then BuzzFeed pick it up and then we become famous yeah exactly more <laughs> famous than we already are which is not much not very famous at 15, all 15,000 famous I've had one person on the street say hey aren't you the guy from Four Finger Discount and they were my auntie <laughs> Got my actual name. <laughs> yes. So thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Shh.